place. I am Kim Crawl. I am reporting to you not live from my closet. It just dawned on me uh, that a lot of people call me by my full name. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this. Um, a lot of people call me Kim Crawl. Very few people call me Kim. Some people just call me Crawl, but that that's few people. Uh, and I was telling a story to my aunt one time, a couple of my aunts. We were on a Zoom in 2020, and I was telling the story. And finally, she goes, hey, I, I real quick, I'm going to stop you. Um, why do you keep referring to yourself by your full name? Like, why? why? And it, like, I'd never thought about it. I was like, oh, man, a lot of people call, like, most people call me Kim Crawl. I'm not Kim. I'm Kim Crawl. Isn't that funny? Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's not really that funny. I apologize for opening the gate, like opening up with starting the episode with something that I was like, isn't that hilarious? It's not hilarious. It's not hilarious at all. Uh, my iPhone just did this delightful thing. Um, I So like, you know how if you have an iPhone, sometimes, and honestly, I have no idea how to get to it. It's always almost completely by accident, but there's a part where it shows like a, an old picture. I think he swiped to the left. I have no idea. Again, it's almost always by accident. Sort of how I always, anytime I go to Chinatown in Los Angeles, it's always by accident. I have no idea how to get to Chinatown. Um, both are like Brigadoon to me. Does anybody, does everybody else know what Brigadoon is? It's like that fake town. Like it's a real town, but it's, only there when the guy sleeps. I don't know. I was the prop master for that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I wasn't the prop master. I don't know why I said that. I was one of the prop people. I was never a prop master uh, to the Brigadoon um, for my college. One of my college plays for a credit that like each... Um, do I start over? Like, I feel like I'm, I, I like got really excited out of the gate over this thing that I'm trying to tell you. And, and now I, I'm giddy. Um... Yeah, for, for as you, when you're a theater major in the college I went to, you had to um, take like a semester where you did like lighting or like props or something. And I, I did props and costumes and where I met this man named Nathaniel. Nathaniel. I would kill to find out where Nathaniel is now. No idea. I mean, I assume he's in New York doing theater. He was like the lead in all the plays. And I was so in love with him. I was so in love with him. I don't think he was straight. Like in hindsight, probably not. He was not interested in my cookies, but man, I was, and like I was his costume girl for the ballet. He was the lead in the ballet one when I was costumes and I was his costume girl. And they gave me this little thing where they were like, there's a patch on his, the butt of his jeans. <sighs> I remember it like it was yesterday very fondly. They were like, hey girl, that we're not going to bother to remember your name because you're just a costume girl that isn't like a costume department. You're only here because you're forced to. So we're not going to remember your name. But here's a little seamstress like pick where you have to pull this, this patch off of the leads. butt, like, you know, on jeans where they have like the patch, like the, the, like the name, the name brand of the patch. It was on Nathaniel's butt and they handed it to me and I looked at Nathaniel and I was not, I mean, I was never really a shy person, but definitely around, I mean, around this way I am around people I have a crush on now as an adult. I don't know why I'm pretending that I've changed. Like I was just so uncomfortable. I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to go down by your bottom and touch it a lot. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, I went on and on about Nathaniel for like, I don't know, however long the play ran a couple of weeks. And so my sweet mates, uh, the girls I shared a dorm with, um, they went to go see him to see what all the fuss was about. And after the play, I was like, did you see Nathaniel? 
And they're like, yeah, the guy in the powder blue unitard. And I was like, with the feathers? Yes. I sewed on those feathers. So in love with him. Uh, I wonder where he is now. But there was one point where I was backstage and the, the ballet was going on. I was backstage. How do we get here? Oh, bring a dune. I'll get to why I'm so giddy. It's very stupid. But, um, I, I was backstage and like the ballet was going on or something like, it was like a moment where I was going to be backstage for a while, like by myself. So I, I, I farted like really like a bad smelly one, you know, like the type of fart that you're like, Oh, thank God no one's around. As soon as I let it out, Nathaniel walked backstage and I was, he was like, and, and if you ever want to trick, if you want to trick on how to uh, <laughs> I've been studying this for years on how to get people to not think you're the one who's farted when it smells, even when you're the only one in an empty room, act like you don't smell it. It's so true. Whoever smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> oh, whoever smelt it, dealt it, right? So like, you know, that's that child saying, uh, for smelt it, dealt it. So if you don't smell it first or you pretend you don't smell it first. So I was back there and he's like, Hey, what's up? And he was always kind of flirty. Maybe he was, maybe he was attracted to me. I don't know. Cause he was always a little flirty and he was like, you know, it wasn't whatever. It doesn't matter. But he comes back and he's like, oh, hey. And I'm like, hey. And then he's like, oh, my God, what's that smell? <laughs> and I don't know if you believe me or not, but I like I like deadpan and then I smelled and I was like, oh, my God, how did I not even notice that? He's like, I don't know. It's like really bad. Like someone has like a stomach issue. <laughs> this is what it smells like. He's like, was someone else back here? I'm like, well, a couple people like came and went, but I, I haven't really been, I, I guess I just haven't noticed. And then he left and I was like, oh, years later when I was in LA, I used to, I was in love with this bouncer at a bar. I lived in a, um, we'll get back to Brigadoon in the thing that made me so, so giddy, I promise. But uh, there was this bouncer. So I lived in Westwood, which is like the little like town in Los Angeles where UCLA is, right? So like all, it's like a weird college town, but in Los Angeles, right? And I lived there and there was a college town bar called Maloney's. I don't know what it's called now. It's definitely not Maloney's anymore. It's been like, it's like Rocco's or some shit. Like it's been bought by like a chain. Um, but that was like the place, you know, you went and where I met like a lot of my, like my friends that were friends, my first friends in Los Angeles. So you go to this bar and, and there was a bouncer there that I was so in love with. Oh, his name was Scott. And I used to like, I mean like Scott, like now that I know, like now that I am this age and I know what I know now, Scott was not interested. Scott liked to like talk to me or flirt with me. But if Scott was interested, cause I gave him so many green lights, like he would drive me home a lot. Like just wasn't, I think he ended up marrying a Maloney's waitress. I feel like the beginning parts of crawl space, I talked about Scott and one of my friends that I met there messaged me. And she was like, oh my God, Scott married the waitress from Maloney. So I think he like must've been day. I don't know. But I used to like go on walks just to walk by him while he was working and be like, oh, what a random coincidence that I just happened to walk by Maloney's every time you work. Like every night I would go out for a walk just to run into this guy. And then I would just stand there and talk to him for like four hours. Um, not into me at all though. Not at all into me. Like, which is, you know, I'm not sad. Like I don't need like a message. It's like, maybe he was, maybe he was nervous. No, not into me at all. Like even like some nights he would be like, Oh, I'll drive you home. Cause it's late and you probably shouldn't be walking at night. Never tried anything. Um, 
But one night I was in Maloney's and I was talking to him and my friends were all at a, a table and I was talking to him and I had this like horrible gas. And you would think like, go home, Kim. <laughs> like what? Like, I mean, just like this smelly, like something died and came out of my butt. Is this your poop scoop? I have a poop scoop locked and loaded. I think I'm going to read it next week because I read the first part was like this lovely message. And by the way, I love it when you guys send me those things. It really means a lot to me. Like sometimes you're not really sure if you should keep going in a lot of stuff, right? And, uh, and then I get a message that I got tonight that ended with a poop scoop, which was really rad. Um, but I think this will be the poop scoop and then next week I'll read that one. But if you want to send me any kind of message or send me a poop scoop, uh, Kim crawlspace at gmail.com K Y M K R A L S P A C E at gmail.com. Um, so like, I don't, I don't know why I wouldn't just go home. Like why, like years later, all oh, I have so many thoughts already. Every time I pop in this closet to record, I'm like, I don't even really have anything to say. And then four minutes in, I'm like, you have a lot to say. You always have a lot to say. There will never be a point in my life that I will not have a lot to say about everything. Um, but so like, so, so I like at this one particular night, I had really, really bad gas and like really bad smelly gas, like not like. I mean, I guess, but you know what I mean? Like the one where like you ate something bad and it probably will turn into some sort of emergency, but for some reason you're 21 and you'd rather stay and flirt with the bouncer and risk him knowing that you're just like crop dusting Maloney's all night than just to go home and blow out your toilet. I wish I could just go to like 21 year old Kim and be like, go home, girl, go home. Like you're getting in massive amounts of debt because you're in LA. You've never like supported yourself. So you work this like weird job that barely, that doesn't really pay your bills. And yet you're out, uh, go home, go home. But anyway, so I didn't go home and you know, I'm glad I didn't cause then we wouldn't be here with this story now. But so every time I had to fart, I would just walk away or I would pretend to be laughing so hard at something he said that I had to like take a lap. You know what I mean? Like when someone makes you laugh so hard that you have to like bend over and kind of walk away and come back. Like you walk like six feet away. The problem with those farts is they follow you. Like you can't, you can't like fart and then walk into another room because it's still with you. It's still in the other room too, but it's for sure with you. And so I, I kept coming back and I'm being like, what is that smell? And I, I don't know if this works for everyone, but I am a cute woman. So like very few people ever think it's the hot woman. I said cute and then hot, but I stand by both statements. Uh, rarely does anybody ever look at the attractive woman. I said cute, hot, whatever. Uh, and be like, man, that is coming out of her right now. No one ever thinks that. And as long as you don't smell it first, as long as you act equally as grossed out as everyone else when someone points out the smell, you can fart anywhere. Anywhere. I've been doing it for decades. You're hanging out. You fart a bunch. It smells really bad. Don't react. Wait till someone else reacts. Because if it smells that bad, someone will react and they'll go, oh my God, what is that smell? <laughs> And then you go, oh, and then you go, what's, oh my God. Oh, did that just start? And then you just like, but don't overplay it because they'll know it's you, but don't be the first one to smell it. You're welcome. You're fucking welcome. I don't even know what I was saying there. Oh yeah. So I always had this like school of thought of like, if you have like bad diarrhea at a bar, every time I bartended and something happens, I'm like, why don't they just go home? But then my own self has blown out so many bar bar. So one time I was working at this bar in Highland park, right? I was working at this bar in Highland park and there was two bathrooms. The men's bathroom was always open for some reason. Like 
guys would just pee with a door open, but it wasn't like where it was like around the corner from what I vaguely remember. So it wasn't like a situation where you could like go in the men's bathroom because it was always weirdly open. And then the women's bathroom was always closed and one stall, right? So I get to work one night and I have the worst tummy ache of my life, right? The worst tummy ache of my life. Like I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I blew out a bunch of, I blew out my toilet like 18 times before I got there and I'm going to do it again when I get there. So I get there and I thought, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like runny poop. Gross. Sorry. I'm not really sorry, but you know who I, who I am. If you've gotten this far on the podcast and you still listen, you know who I am. So I get like, I, it's like, it's, you know, it, it, so I assume you know, it should flush. It should flush no problem. And so I, you know, there's a huge line. I walk up and I go, Hey, um, I'm working and most, it was like a neighborhood bar. So most people like knew me and knew that I worked there. So they were, I was like, do you mind? I, I'm supposed to be on the clock in a few minutes. I really have to pee. I was just in the car and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. And before you're like, well, what if it smells? Weren't you scared? No, not at all. Every place I have ever worked, every single place I have ever worked, I have hid, hidden several books of matches around that establishment. Be it the bank I worked at for a few years, be it Big Wang's in Hollywood. Every single place I have stashed matches. Now in later years, I've come accustomed to just carrying them around with me. But back in those days, I would just put matches all over the bathroom because you never know. You don't want to put them somewhere and then someone finds them and takes them and then you are in a dire situation and then you can't find the matches because someone took them. So you always put like two or three around the bar and not near each other, right? I'm really tall, so I'm able to put them high up. This is going off the rails, I think. So like, no, I wasn't worried about the smell at all. I was just like, oh, I'll just poop, light a match. It'll be fine. I'm probably going to like fix my makeup. I have lotion, you know, so the match smell will be covered up with my lotion smell. I have a system. I've been in embarrassing poop situations most of my life. I mean, I'm going to say like 97% of my life I've been in embarrassing poop situations so I'm pretty good at figuring out whatever so I go in the I go in the bathroom I know it's going to be a quick poop I know it's going to be it's going to be bad but it's going to be quick so I poop and it's like it's like bad it's like black sludgy right hi booty it's like black sludgy. It's like, 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 ah, like something was going on inside Kim Crawl's body that day. And uh, I think something's always going on in, in my body, but no doctors will fucking help me. They're just like, well, I don't know. I guess we'll just, and I can't, like I told you last week, I have an ulcer, so I can't take, they get, they finally gave me some like gas medication that I can take before I eat. That'll help me like not bloat and not like get sick. But if you have an ulcer, you can't take it with the ulcer. Cause it's, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't the left bone is connected to the right bone. Um, that's not the way the song is, but you know what I mean? It's all fucking connected. But so it's like, you know, it's like black sludge, but I'm like, thank God, you know, I did that in here and I flush and then it starts really overflowing. Like the toilet, like it fills to the top with my black sludgy poop. And there's a line of regulars outside in the packed bar. I'm about to bartend it all night. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do? You lie. You lie through your teeth in all of those situations. Even though we as humans, all of us have been through some sort of fucked up poop situation. You would think we all wouldn't judge each other, but humans are fucked up. You know what I mean? Like we, we, we judge each other for so much shit that we ourselves do. You know what I like? It's just wild. So I, you lie, you lie. So I walk out and I was like, Hey, I just peed and flushed. Like the toilet is overflowing and like a bunch of shits coming out of it. Literally. Like I peed and flushed the toilet. I don't know what's going on. So I, I like guys, I'm going to get Rome. Rome was the, the woman who like, who like was like our, 
manager maintenance cleaning like she like was the jack of all trades right and she was there i was like i'm gonna get rome she'll figure it out and they were like yeah yeah get rome that's crazy and i was like yeah crazy so they go to the bathroom in the men's bathroom the men's bathroom did shut they just never shut it for some reason i think i fake that vaguely sounds familiar but it sort of feels like that can't be real but it sounds familiar it doesn't matter at this point so i go up to rome and there's the day bartender chelsea and my bar back tim so Tim comes in with me, but he's there listening and Chelsea's been bartending all day and Rome's been there all day. And I was like, you guys, I just peed and I like didn't look before I sat down because I don't guess I don't usually do that. Lie. I always look in the toilet before I sit down because, you know, rats and, and snakes, many things could be in the toilet. You never know. You know, I mean, you do know, but like childhood movies that you were forced to watch, you never it's always in the back of your mind. So I like, I, I was just like, so I, you know, who looks at the toilet before they sit down. So I don't know if there's something there before, but I peed and then I flushed and I turned around and it's like literally like to the top with like black sludgy shit. I have no idea what happened. Thankfully there was a girl that was there all day and she'd plugged the toilet like 40 times. So that was why the toilet plugged because it was a liquid that came out of me. <laughs> but like they were like, so they just automatically blamed her. They're like, oh my God, that girl is still here. She's been shitting all day. And I was like, yuck, go home. And they were like, right? And I was like, right? And then Rome fixed the toilet. And then Chelsea left and no, the toilet was never plugged the rest of the night. And then my bar back, Tim, hours later, looked at me and goes, hey, just so you know, I know that was you that plugged that toilet. I know that it wasn't the girl. And I was like, how did you know? He's like, because obviously it was you. And I was like, yeah, it was me. It was me. I don't know how we got there, but I'm glad we did. But back to Brigadoon. Oh, farting and then having the bad gas and the whole thing. And Brigadoon, because Nathaniel was lead in Brigadoon. And Brigadoon is like a play about, honestly, it's like a play where like a village shows up every now and then, like once every hundred years, then it'll like stay if someone falls in love. Or I can't remember. It used to be like my favorite play, but now I can't remember. But Brigadoon, you can never, once you leave it, you can never go back. And that's how I feel about Chinatown. I know every time I go to Chinatown in Los Angeles, it's almost always by accident. And, and like, I like every time I'm like, so this is Chinatown. I don't mean like with GPS, but anytime I find myself there, it's always like how the fuck did I get here every time even even when I'm like my destination's there it's still always very confusing to me um and that is how the thing on my iPhone if you have an iPhone I think it's a new update or a new phone where it like makes a collage for you or like pops up a thing so I, I like an old picture and so tonight right before I was recording I pulled it up and it popped up the the random picture again I have no idea how you get to it but this time instead of a random picture it was a montage of pictures, a video collage of Henry and our life together. And it was like to the song, like lollipops and sunshine. I'm so glad you're mine. I watched like four times in tears. I sent it to my, my friend. I'm in a cat group uh, where we send each other fun cat videos and TikToks. And my friend Romy was like, you probably shouldn't let Lucy see that because it's all Henry. And I'm like, Lucy knows where she stands. I love Lucy, man. I wish she was, but it was, I, so I tried to post it on my cat's TikTok. If you are my cat's Instagram, if you don't have my cat's Instagram, uh, you should follow them. They're like, oh, what is their thing? Um, there it's Creighton or Henry underscore Creighton underscore and underscore Lucy 
I think that's it. It's in mine. Just look up Henry. Um, and I'm going to post that collage. Oh my God. It made my whole day. It made my whole fucking day. Uh, so just now I just got back from uh, this afternoon. I was doing, so you know how I do a bunch of random shit to make money now. I'll never go back. I hope I never have to go back. I'm so grateful that I found this rave job that like voiceovers, this, like my book, a lot of stuff is just kind of coming together. I'm on serious now too, guys. Like I know last week I told you that I got approved for serious, but last night, so by the time you hear this, you know, I'm a week ahead. Uh, last night, March 28th, my first bit ever was played on laugh America, laugh USA, which it's really special that is one where I'll get a lot of playtime. Uh, the guy that my buddy who, who got me, you know, on Sirius, he was like, uh, laugh, laugh USA. I think it is. Um, he was like, that's the one you really want to get on. Cause you'll get a lot of playtime, especially if you're a woman, but it has to be like squeaky clean. And so my, I have one joke that was squeaky clean. Um, it's basically how I stalked a guy who gave me a bad Yelp review. Um, you'll have to listen to it. I am, I am right now in the process of editing a bunch of my standup together to put on TikTok. You know how I was all gung ho about TikTok. Well, I took a pause and in about a week I'm going to be back and I am going to put a bunch of the crawl space stuff on there. I'm going to try and go viral my friends. I know that that sounds so douchey, but I know that that is uh, where someone who is in my position needs to do these days. Oh my God, I just farted and it smells like what? What? I don't know. I think I have to take a, uh, do a tele-appointment about the ulcer. I do have to do a tele-appointment about the lung results. We got the lung results. He might as well have sent me Spanish, but from what I can see is there's nothing that's dire or an emergency, which... It's weird. I'm not hoping, I wasn't hoping for like emphysema or something wild. I wasn't hoping for that. I was just hoping for answers. And I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I refuse, refuse to gaslight myself over it. I have had so many friends who have had, um, or like allow them to like gaslight me that I'm like, Oh, it's anxiety. Like I've had a lot of friends um, and they're all women. It's women friends. Men, men have a very different, and I've asked around like all, a lot of my men friends are like, Oh, what happens to you guys? Like we have very different experiences at, doc at the doctor. Uh, you guys get kind of believed at face value. Um, we are told we're being dramatic, hysterical, uh, those are over the years back in the day. Um, now it's anxiety. Uh, like more women have heart attacks than are reported, but doctors just dismiss them as having panic attacks. Um, and I, yeah, for a, a couple of years ago, I was having some weird weight gain. And every time I like, uh, like I would, I would get like these weird bats of like dizziness. Um, there was a couple of other things that were going on that I was just like, something is wrong. And I went to like four doctors and they were just like, we don't know. No, you're making it up. Or they were just trying to like pump me full of like drugs without doing it. And I was just like, something is wrong. And they wouldn't listen and they wouldn't listen. And then finally a doctor after I like was like, and I, I'm told that what you do is you're like, at, like do your own research about your health because the medical health professional who's fucking gone to school for it uh, won't advocate for you. Um, and then ask for what you want. And when they say no, say, okay, will you please notate that in my chart that I asked for this and you said no. And nine times out of 10, they'll give it to you. So I asked for a blood test because I was like, something's up. I don't know if I have a thyroid issue or like what's going on, but I was like, something's wrong. And it was like six months of this of me trying to find a different doctor. I switched doctors twice just to please someone help me, right? 
And finally, I, you know, I asked for a blood test because I was like, I think it's a thyroid issue. And the woman was like, I don't, I don't know. But, and I was like, all right, well, will you notate on my chart that you refused a blood test? And she's like, all right, fine. If you want to do a blood test and got so mad, I switched insurances, by the way, I would never go Molina, never go to Molina. Um, they made COVID a fucking nightmare, uh, but a nightmare that already was a nightmare. And so, um, we did the blood test and it turns out I had too much vitamin B. There's going to be a lot of jokes in here. A lot too much vitamin B in my system and not enough vitamin D. So I had a vitamin D deficiency. I know. Ha ha ha. If you're, if you made that joke, you should be horribly embarrassed. It's, it's hacky. Uh, the woman in me is not offended. The comic in me is, um, but but I had, a, and that's all it took. It literally was like, I was like, oh, I take a vitamin B supplement. And she was like, yeah, don't do that anymore and take a vitamin D supplement. And I was like, oh, so this all could have just been solved six months ago when I told you this was going on. You guys basically told me I made it up. Another friend who has a thyroid, who, who has a thyroid problem and why I thought I had the thyroid problem who had doctors for like three or four years wouldn't help her. And then she finally went to like an Eastern medicine type doctor and did all of that stuff. And now is, you know, has to like manage her diet and everything around it because regular, you know, Western doctors won't help her. And so with this lung shit, I'm like, I'm not allowing you to gaslight me and say that it's anxiety. Uh, cause I'm like, well, if it is anxiety, I'll play ball doc. Uh, cause that's what the woman said at the lung doctor appointment. She was like, uh, you know, I had the same issue and it turned out to just be panic attacks. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll play ball. Um, I, I've had anxiety my whole life. Like I had a very traumatic childhood where my, my baseline was fight or flight. Like I've had to work really hard and the last decade to unwire that fight or flight. And it's still there, right? Like, I, and there's fight, flight or freeze. And I've always been fight or flight. Like that was like, that's how I'm hardwired because I grew up in so much trauma and danger. And so I've had anxiety was my baseline my whole life. So riddle me this. If this is just anxiety, why didn't it happen before COVID? And also, this is the least anxious I've ever been in my... This is the most grounded I have ever been in my entire life. I, I don't really have anxiety anymore. And if I do, it's like I can name its anxiety and I'm able to work through it in real time, right? So if that's the case, why the fuck am I not able to breathe? You know what I mean? Like it's just too, and, and it's like, and, or, you know, I'd almost, oh my God, my cat is so wonderful. Uh, or I'd almost rather them just use the same thing they've been using for two years, which is it's COVID and we don't really know much about it. Like, you, you know what I mean? But like, so I, I'm going to make a teledoc appointment. Honestly, I just, I didn't want to do it this week. I got a lot going on and I just, I, I, I got a lot going on emotionally. And I just didn't want to take another hit. You know what I mean? Like those doctor's appointments take a lot out of you, especially when someone basically tells you that you've made it up, that it's anxiety. And like, well, it's like, all right, well, if it's anxiety, help me with that. Then if my anxiety is so bad that I need an inhaler to help me breathe, help me. You know what I mean? Like, sorry on that rant. But so, uh, I mean, maybe I'm misreading the chart. Well, obviously I'm not. He just sent me the results and there was no other, but that's what he did when, um, we did the x-rays on my chest. He just sent me the results and then it was like, all right, well, what the fuck does this mean? And he was like, oh, well it means you're fine. 
It's like, well, I'm, I'm a hundred percent not fine. I'm definitely better than I was. And this is sort of why I decided a couple of weeks ago, like a month ago to start running and start really just taking my own health into my own hands. Right. Walk, do yoga. And, and honestly, like as long as like, I just get the, he, he keeps refilling the inhaler. Then I, I guess that that's just, do I have asthma? I don't fucking know. The whole thing is just really, that's really frustrating, my friends. It's really, really frustrating. And it's even more frustrating when you talk to other women who have had medical issues and it takes like years and doctor, like many doctors and many years for them to even be fucking listened to. I think that's why like I text my cousin about my, what I thought, you know, I was like, I think I have this ulcer and she's like, yep, definitely an ulcer. And it's because I... I didn't want to have to go to a doctor and not be listened to. I'm like, I'm literally in pain. I can't take any more of this like weird gaslighting. I don't, I don't know. So that, that is, that is what's going on with that more, you know, more to, more to come. Um, and the stuff that like I'm, I'm going through, uh, personally, it's just, you know, it's so weird. I, I'm, I'm not uh, like, I, I was thinking about I, 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 this. I'm trying to, so I wrote this down and it's just, it's just really interesting that friends really do just come and go, you know, and there's just a precious few that you hold on to. I talked to uh, my best friend. Um, I don't think I've ever, I don't, I, I talk about him a little bit on here. I officiated his wedding. His name's Mark. He was like, he's my best friend of 20 years and he is the best person I've ever met in my life. Um, and we, you know, he's just, I don't know. It's so funny. We've been through so much in our lives, like, like, personally like separate from each other and we're always like he's just he's just the best person I've ever met and you know I don't know if I ever told you guys how I met him if I've ever even talked about him but it's there's a bad Baz Luhrmann song uh the sunscreen song there's a part in it where it's like it's like understand that friends come and go and there's a precious few you hold on to and 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 this isn't directed at anybody at all um I mean, if you're listening and we're not friends any longer, hello, uh, no hard feelings. I don't have any hard feelings for anybody out there. Um, you know, there's no one that I am actively angry at, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's interesting. Like, so this isn't directed at anyone in particular, but it is like, it is interesting that friends really do come and go. And there are people that are like, oh, I'm going to know you till I'm dead. And then there's people that you're like, I think I'm going to know you till I'm dead. And then something happens and you grow apart or, you know, I had that friend last year that, um, I had a show with and we were really close and we're, you know, I mean, we're not friends at all. I think she's blocked me on everything actually. Um, I think I actually, I haven't looked in a while, but I know she blocked my number cause I was putting a group chat with her and I was like, Oh, it looks like she blocked my number. Uh, but like, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just wild. And Mark is, Oh, Mark is, so I met Mark. I lived, you know, I lived at the fraternity my sophomore year of college. And by that it was like two frat boys and then me and another woman. And the second week of school, my dad, my, we had this, my dad and I had this neighbor who had this friend named Bubba, which is wild now. Like that, that, that was that guy's name, um, Bubba. And he was just this big truck driving guy. So it was all very stereo, you know, like just big, exactly what you picture of Bubba. And, uh, and he had a bunch of friends in the Greeley police department and Greeley was the town that my college was in. And so he was told, 
Because my freshman year of college, there was a big riot. Like how, you know, parties like college parties or high school parties, underage parties, usually, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're fun. They're fun. And then someone calls the cops, the cops show up, the cops aren't going to write any, you know, no, unless you're an asshole, you're just sent home. You're not going to get like an, a minor in possession ticket or arrested or anything like that. Cops will just show up and everyone will scatter. Right. And so this one particular party, it was this huge block party freshman year, um, where no one would leave. Uh, and where, and then it turned into like a big riot and then like 12 kids got expelled, got arrested, expelled. One kid hung himself in the jail, jail cell at Greeley, which is so fucking sad. Cause it's like, obviously it's sad under any circumstance, but like thinking back and just like, Oh my God, like that kid, that kid, thought that that was it for him. You know what I mean? It's just such a speck in our life. That was just such a speck in his life that like he thought that that was it for him. And, and so they, you know, the sophomore year, Bubba had heard from his cop friends in Greeley that they were going to really crack down on parties and, and not at all, especially the first weekend and not at, at all. Let it get it out of hand. The way that block party, like couches were burning. Like it was, it was a, it was, it was a very interesting night until that kid died. And then it was really sad, but it was like, wow, why? Um, and so they, you know, my dad was like, don't, I, you know, I moved to my first apartment. It was like, don't throw a party the first two weekends just because it's, they are going to write everyone a ticket who's on the lease. So I just met these guys. Um, <clears throat> I just met these guys. Like I met them, you know, this year before, but I didn't know them, know them. And I like moved in and I was like, Hey, let's not have a party this weekend. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever been madder in my life. I mean, I definitely have been madder in my life, but I was so mad this night. So I was like, Hey, let's not have a party. I hear that. Like, even if we're not here, we're going to get in trouble. Like, even if I go away, I'll still get in trouble because I'm on the lease. So please don't have a party. And my one roommate Stoltz was gone and my other roommate Chris was there and he was like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So my friend Amy and I, we leave and we come back and it's, and I come back. So first of all, my grandma had given me this like kitchen table, this really nice kitchen table, which I'm really bummed I got rid of because it was really nice. And I wish someone had told me that one day you're going to be an adult and you'll really want this nice kitchen table but we were giving it to my buddy Kyle who was going to come pick it up so it was like in our living room so we come back to our apartment my our my friend Amy and I walked back to my apartment and my grandma's kitchen tables in the parking lot and I was like what the fuck and I walk up into the apartment and it is wall-to-wall frat boy sorority girls just fucking bumping music I was I was pissed and I, I walk over, I turn off the music and I was like, what the fuck? And also none of these people really knew me that well at this point. Cause like, I wasn't like a part of their fraternity yet. I was just like a girl that lived with Stoltz and Chris. And I was like, what the fuck? And Chris was like, I'm sorry, I got out of hand. And I was like, get everyone the fuck out of here. I was so angry. I was like, and why the fuck is my grandma's table outside? Da, da, da. And I was so bad. Right. And my friend Amy was like, let's get you out of here. Cause you're you're going to hit someone. You're so angry, which by the way, rightfully so, right? Like I actually look back on 19 year old Kim for like, there was a period of my twenties that I would have just been like rolled over. Cause I had just been like, you know, beaten down by people pleasing shit. But 19 year old Kim was ready to set that fucking house on fire with all those frat kids in it. Cause they didn't listen to my one request. Right. And so Amy was like, let's get out of here. So you calm down because I think you're going to hit someone. So let's just get you out of here. We'll come back later. It was like, fine. And I was like, Chris, by the time I fucking get back, no one better be in here. Right. I'm so angry. And uh, so I come back and my and Sarah, the other roommate was there too. And she had been a part of the party. And so we, we sit down at the table and let me say uh, there was this whole like thing 
like this is important for the story. There was this whole thing that prior, I don't know when it was, but I was going to have a guest come stay the night from like Denver. And they were like, everyone in the house needs to approve if you have one person spend the night. Right. So there was like that rule already in place. And so I'm sitting at the kitchen table with Sarah and Chris and I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mad and I'm, I'm expressing my anger and out walks this guy comes out from the back and he just sits at the table and I kind of ignore him. I don't even acknowledge him. I just keep talking to Sarah and Chris. And I was like, look, you guys don't know me that well. We just met. So like, I'm not really a person and I'm still kind of this way. Like I'm not really a person that's going to hold a grudge. Just know you crossed a boundary. Don't do it again. And we're cool. Cool. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And this random dude goes, that's like really awesome of you. And I like froze. I was like, and then I looked at him and I was like, who the fuck are you? He's like, I'm Mark. I am Chris's friend from Colorado Springs. And I was like, where are you staying tonight, Mark? And they were like, uh, well, he was going to stay here if that, if that's okay with you. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want to fucking deal with this. And I was like, don't talk to me. And I, I basically told Mark to fuck off. Right. And I was just like, oh, you fuck off. I'm going to bed. I'm so mad. And so that's over. Right. Stoltz comes home. Stoltz was like our dad. Everyone like, cause he didn't drink it. So everyone like would like ran to Stoltz and he was always like the moderator or whatever. Uh, sometimes, but so, you know, whatever. I, I don't think much of it and cut to like four months later, four or five months later, I'm at a party, another dealt party across the street. God, was that Steve-O? This guy, Jeff, Jimmy, Oh, Justin McQuethy. That guy sucked. That guy used to tell me that I better get good at blowing dudes because I'd never make it in Hollywood because I wasn't very pretty. And then uh, uh, this other guy named Rob, they used to do that. And then it got back to Stoltz, who was my roommate, but also uh, became the president of the fraternity. And so he asked me if that had happened. And I was like, yeah, they're pretty relentless about telling me how ugly I am. They tell me I'm ugly or I either need to get really good at uh, blowing dudes or get tits because I will never make it in Hollywood, which is hilarious. They were like guys from like Greeley, Colorado. It's like, what the fuck do you know about Hollywood? You fucking idiots. Um, I don't know where they all are now, but uh, Stoltz gave him an option. I don't know if I'm telling, I don't know if I'm remembering this exactly correctly, but I'm pretty positive. He was like, you either apologize to Kim or you're out of the fraternity. Like we don't talk to women that way. And they refused to apologize to me. I know one of them absolutely refused and the other one might've, I don't remember. Um, but I think they got kicked out of the frat for that, which, you know, good on Stoltz, like eons before his time, right? 19 year old boy, just like fucking respectful of women like Jesus. And I know that that's like bare minimum, but it was like the year 2001 when uh, we, we didn't get that much respect back then. You know, we still kind of still fighting for that. But, but so like uh, months later, we're at this party at Jimmy, Jeff, Justin McQuethy. God, that guy sucked. Um, the, the, the bright side in that is my friend Jenny really hated him. And one night, uh, got drunk and was going to stay like it was started making out with him. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? We hate him. And he's like, you hate me. And Jenny's like, oh yeah, we despise you. We hate everything about you. And she's like, but I'm drunk and I want to make out with you. But then she ended up leaving him in the middle of the night. And that was some fun revenge. She called me. Um, cause we got in a huge fight over it. I was like, are you going to fuck it? You're really going to stay here with him. I'm going to go back to Mark. Don't worry, but you're really going to stay here with him. And she's like, yep. And I was like, well, our friendship is so dramatic. Our friendship will never be the same again. And she's like, I don't care. And I was like, good. And so they lived down the street from us. And so I went home very mad. And then I woke up to a call the next morning. I think I'd just gotten a cell phone too. And Jenny was like, Hey, 
whispering. She's like, Hey girl, it's Kim or Jenny. She's like, I'm Kim. She's like, it's Jenny. Um, so I know we're in a fight and I'm really, really sorry. And I will apologize, you know, when we get a chance, but like right now I need you to fucking help me. Please let me into your home. I climbed out Justin McQuet. Like I woke up, Justin McQuethy is like trying to get his coffee, acting like we're in love and shit. And she's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. So she's like, I climbed out the window and I'm running down the street to your apartment. Please let me in. So Justin McQuethy's a douche and he got that he got what was coming to him. I don't, I don't know what ever happened to that. I think we, I think the year ended soon after that. And then I didn't go back to Greeley or he didn't come back. I, I don't really remember what happened. Um, but so we went over to their house one night, four months after this party event. So four months into the year, we go to this house, uh, Justin, Jimmy, those guys, and I'm standing there, I'm hanging out and it's like a Mardi Gras party. Every one of these parties were a Mardi Gras party, which basically like get beads and show tits. But I was friends with them. So they would just give me beads because I was their friends. I had to make out with a few of them, but I was a little bandit back then. So I didn't a make out bandit. I didn't care. And so I'm standing there and this guy comes up to me and Mark and I are, are comically different sizes. I don't know how tall Mark is, but I'm 5'11 and he's a bit shorter than me. And, uh, and so this little guy comes up to me and he's like, Hey, how you doing? And I was like, uh-uh, buddy, not interested. <laughs> like some bitchy thing, right? And he's like, oh, we met a couple of months ago. I'm Chris's friend. You're the one who yelled at me in your kitchen. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I can tell that you have a lot on your plate and the world seems to be on your shoulders. And I want to know if you want somebody to talk to. And no one at that point and I know it sounds like such a frat boy line. And I'm here to tell you 20 years later, Mark has kids, a wife. We've been through the fucking gambit. I think he would have told me by now if it was a line. It was not a line. He just genuinely saw a good person and saw a good person who was hurting. And I, at that point, had never talked about really my mom. My mom was, you know, my mom was in and out of, you know, rehabs and jail and, you know, drunk AA, all this stuff. And I had no idea what my dad had done, you know, at this point. At this point, I was in deep denial about my dad. And no one had ever seen me. No one had ever seen that trauma. Like no one had ever like acknowledged that that was hard. And he was like, do you want to talk? And I was like, yeah. And we went into this, the, this guy, Jeff's room. I think that guy's name was Jeff. I feel like that guy disappeared shortly after that too. I don't know. Um, we went into his room and sat down and I, I cried. I told a person that I had never really met before. I barely met before all about my mom and all the struggles I had gone through with her. And he just hugged me and told me it was going to be okay. And 20 years later, that guy's my brother, you know, those two. It's funny. He calls me sis, but it sounds weird when I call him. Thanks, brother. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro, 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 bro brother, bro, bro, bro. Um, but I, yeah, I officiated his wedding. Um, his parents are angels. I mean, just, it's just, it's. So it's, it's, I'm not struggling with, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's just, I, I am going through a lot of changes as I've talked about in the last few weeks, a lot of changes internally, emotionally, and letting a lot of stuff go. A lot of people go, a lot of situations go and it's, it's hard and it's fucking with me and it's making me like question everything and question friends I've let go in the past, friends that are still here. And you know, it, it's, it's. But it is true. There is that weird saying. I don't really like the saying because it's it's cheesy, but it's like people were in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime, I think it is. And it's just interesting. Like it's, they really do come and go. Um, and I don't have any friends that 
I don't have any friends. No, I don't have any people that I like that I, I can think of at least in this moment, like enemies or anybody that like, even the girl that's blocked me. Like I know that has nothing to do with me. Um, I didn't talk about it much back, you know, a year ago when it happened just because uh, I, I don't know. There, there was a lot of people that listened to this that know her or like there, it was very obvious if you listened to it and knew what was going on, that it was her. And she's, you know, someone that's also like, you know, working towards a career like I am. And I just, I, I kind of kept it close to the, the chest, but, um, you know, I, I set a boundary with her, um, our relationship I, and I'm not, I'm very codependent when it comes to dating. Um, but in terms of like friendships, I, 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 I'm not great at that. I'm working, um, I'm working a new set of shit. I don't know what, if you're not an, if you're not an ACA, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but there's a new workbook where, um, you know, we're working a whole new, a whole new level of scraping off the trauma and healing. And it's, it's really, really scary and hard and painful. And it is, it is bringing up a lot of childhood stuff and I'm, I'm working through it again and I'm, I'm working through this new thing. It's called the loving parent workbook. And it's just basically about like identifying different parts of me and, um, you know, the ugly negative voice that I call Brian in my head. And, and, uh, and I was talking to my, my friend that I'm working this, this thing with today. And we were talking about codependency and I was like, I've never really been codependent with friends. I don't know why. Like as soon as it, it, I, I, I'm more of an isolator and a cut and run. Like, you know, I, I, it takes a lot for me to like open up and be really close, like act like actually really close to someone in a friendship capacity. I'm close to a lot of people and I have a lot of really great close friendships, but I mean like intimate closeness. And, um, once it feels any sort of, any sort of codependency, I cut and run, you know, I, I, I back the fuck off just because I, and I don't think that's healthy either. I think there's a middle ground of healthy dependency. Um, but this friend last year, uh, it, it, we started getting really enmeshed and she started thinking it was really funny. And I was just like, yeah, it seems unhealthy. Like we're spending all of our time and all everything we're doing together. And, and, and I was going through the thing, one of, one of the many endings to the guy who lives in Seattle. I feel like this whole podcast is like an ode to that guy. Right. Um, and I was really struggling and crying and she, she, without going into like a whole bunch of detail that not, not that it's like not mine to tell, but it's just boring and it's too long to get into it. But she sprung some pretty fucked up news on me while I'm sobbing over this guy and news that could have been brought up like a week later or even the next day. And I, I was just like, I said, I was like, I can't believe you would tell me that right now. I'm literally sobbing. And you, and she's like, I don't know. I just thought you needed to know now. And I was like, that was really unkind of you. And the next day she texts me this like weird enmeshed, like, hello, my beautiful, talented, wonderful, smart, awesome friend. Where it's like, oh, you know, you were a dick last night, you know? And I was like, and I just said, I was like, hey girl, like I'm not okay from yesterday. Uh, if we can just give it a day or two and then we'll talk it out. But like that, that was really unkind of you. And she sent me this wild text about, you know, just very victim-y, like you, you know, just, just, and that was her role, her role. And I noticed it after we stopped being friends when I would, you know, we're professionally linked and I would notice it and be like, man, that had nothing to do with me. Um, and so I, I created a boundary. I asked for space, um, a few days later, so we were doing a lot of work together and I asked for some space and then I asked and, and she, she reacted, she reacted by, 
unfollowing me and unfriending me on everything. And then, um, messaged me like six months later and was like, do you want to get like, Hey, can you talk? And it was like a time where I couldn't. And I was like, no, I can't talk right now, but I can this week. Is everything okay? And she then blocked me on everything. And the reason why I tell all that now is that I am working through a lot of stuff per, you know, I'm working through this loving parent and, and learning more about my trauma and uncovering more of the onion or peeling back more of the onion. Um, and it's making me want to like revert back to unhealthy people in my, in my 12 step program. This is, this is a really serious episode. I can't tell. Uh, this is around minute 50, 48, 50 is around the time where I like have some sort of like, I told you like an existential crisis where I'm like, is this interesting at all? Um, and, but like they, in my program, they call it in my ACA program, they call it the inner drugstore where like I, as I said, my baseline is anxiety. My baseline is chaos. Like growing up that that's all, that's all I knew was just chaos and anxious and, you know, really dangerous situations. So my brain hardwired to think that that like wired, literally my brain wired to think that that was normal. And, and so I, I thrive in chaos. And now that I'm, you know, I'm working to have a much more quiet, balanced, grounded life. Um, sometimes you go into the inner drugstore, which you pick up shit that makes life chaotic again. So you can, you know, feel that high or feel that normalcy if, and if, and if you've never experienced, if you, if this makes no sense to you, congratulations, you probably had a pretty healthy upbringing, but, um, and so, you know, when I, when I am feeling a little nutty, I, um, or when I, not nutty, that's a wrong, but when I am going through, you know, peeling back more layers of my childhood and more is being revealed and I am having more flashbacks of stuff my dad did and I know more is coming and it's just really, it's, I'm, I'm fragile and, um, and when you're fragile, I think the human thing to do is try to revert back to things that make you feel comfortable and safe and unfortunately, the things that make me feel comfortable and safe are chaos and toxic people. And I'm working really hard at, at shifting that. But um, it's painful sometimes. And it's hard. But I, I, I'm so... I'll go to I'm One Lucky Broad. I'm One Lucky Broad that I am doing that. You know what I mean? There's so many people that just don't that went through stuff that I went through and just like go from chaotic situation to chaotic situation and, and don't, and you know, don't look at it or don't peel it back or don't heal. Um, I've talked about it many times. Uh, Russell Brand has a book called a uh, book breaking down the 12 steps of AA and the 12 steps of really all the 12 step programs, you know, all, all the 12 steps are basically based on AA and um, he breaks it down and he, he says something, one of the saddest things in the, that I've ever heard in my life where he was talking about this drug addict who had been, been on the street for a long time. And, you know, he was, you know, his sixties and he, and it was easier for to, him to carry all of that on his back than it was for him to turn around and face it. And I'm one lucky broad that I'm brave enough. Um, I know that that's uh, ego, you know, it's so funny. We, we expect people to love themselves, but when they, you know, they, bring themselves up. People are like, well, get over yourself. But yeah, I'm brave. I'm brave enough to turn around and face those demons. A lot of people I know aren't. Uh, my mother is one of them. Um, she has a lot of them. And, uh, and I'm, that's not me putting her down by any stretch. Her story is, 
it's a really heartbreaking story. And I, and I mean like as a child and everything I know, everything she told me as like a young adult and child that happened to her. And it's easier, it's easier to crawl into a bottle and it's easier to carry that stuff with her for the rest of her life than it is to turn around and really fucking face it. And I got a lot of demons. Um, I have a lot of trauma and a lot of really fucked up shit happened to me but I don't want to carry it anymore. And I'm one lucky broad that I, I have tools that I, that I, that I've found that have helped me, you know, face these things. Cause I know that it's far from over. Um, these memories are coming up and they are, they are intense, man. My dad did some really fucked up stuff and, and I'm grateful too. I'm in a place now where, you know, when I first started, talking about this or discovering it. I guess I don't even know what the right word is because I know for so long I knew in the back of my head my dad had done some fucked up things to me, but everyone had talked about what a great guy he was that I, you know, I was like gaslit into thinking that that guy was, you know, I must be the crazy one. And and it's, you know, it's it's and when I I, I lost my train of thought, but when when I first started having those memories, I I didn't get out of bed. I wanted to kill myself. That was when I went into my hole trying to figure out what I was going to do with Henry so I could slip my throat. That's really dramatic. I didn't mean slip my, slip my wrists, slip my own throat. I feel like you can't slit your own throat. I mean, I think like physically you can slit your own throat, but I feel like that might be, I don't know. But, but so, you know, I just, it, the, the, a lot of, a lot of new changes and a lot of growth and a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, Jesus, but I am, I am on serious radio. Now, how wild is that? I've been working towards this for a long time and it's cool to see some physical stuff, you know, you know, like, like a book. I'm on the radio. You know what I mean? It's cool to just see some like actual evidence of all your hard work where sometimes this career, you just keep swimming and you keep swimming and then eventually you hope you hit something. I think a couple of weeks ago, I read that don't quit poem. Um, but yeah, don't quit, man. And I'm still going to Thailand. I'm going to fucking Thailand. Uh, I I had, I don't know if I told you guys this last week, but I had coffee with this girl. Ugh, I think I'm in love with her. She's like a six foot blonde lady, lady, the six foot blonde woman. And she's just so cool and hot and just so cool and hot. And I'm like, oh my God, I have such a crush on her. Yeah, I'm not cool when I have crush on people. I'm like blush and I run away. It's it's a weird mess. But uh she like basically helped me plan the whole trip was like, these are the places you should go. This is what you should do. These are the things this is like, these are the things you should worry about. This is what you should look up. This is what, and I just like, guys, I'm, I can't. And it's so cool. Cause like, <sighs> every birthday I feel like I've had, and I feel like a lot of people do this, at least it's an ego birthday, you know, where you like have a big, and that's what this year was going to be was I was going to throw this big Hollywood birthday of being like, look how many friends in LA I have. We're all going to get really drunk and it's just really, I'm going to be stressed out the whole time because I don't think anyone's going to show up because I don't think I'm lovable, you know, like, and it's just like, and, and, and I, I don't know. I was just, I just, I'm going to go to Thailand instead, which is so wild and such a God shot that like, I met this woman like days after I decided to go to Thailand. Um, I don't know, man. So a lot of new stuff. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. And thank you for listening. Um, that's the episode. 
let's see here. I have a Patreon I've told you guys about, I think every week now at nauseum. I'm sorry if that's like, I guess Maria Banford, she's a comedian, a pretty big comedian. If you're not into comedy, you have no idea what that is. But if you are into comedy, you a hundred percent know who that is. Uh, and she, she said something a while back where she was like, um, you have to relentlessly promote yourself and everyone will be annoyed until you don't have to promote yourself anymore. And then people will be like, I knew her when. And, and so it like, basically it was just like, promote yourself, fucking promote. And I've talked about it. Like one of the things of the relationships that I'm kind of letting go are relationships that if, if it's not fuck yes energy, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like anyone that like, isn't fuck yes energy. It, like I saw this TikTok with this guy was like, if you're not adding to my, my, my happiness, my bank account or my well being or my, or something else, my spirituality or whatever, fuck off. Like that's, that's the vibe, right? If you're not adding to my life, it's, if it's not a fuck yes, it's, 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 uh, it's not for me. You know what I mean? And, um, and so I, uh, th that was the spiral from the thing, but it's, it's so true. It's just like, if it's, if it's not a fuck yes, and it's, 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 it's a no for me. Does Simon Cowell say that? It, he doesn't say the fuck yes part, but he definitely says it's the no for me. I was so into American Idol when it first came out. Um, that's a weird sidebar, but so I have a Patreon, so I'm going to promote it. Okay. I have a Patreon. A few of you have asked about, um, truthfully, I haven't had time this last week, but I tried to look into it last week. A few of you asked if you could pay for a year subscription. I, I keep being told by my other friends who have Patreons that absolutely, but they're like, I don't know how to set it up. And then every time I email Patreon, they don't answer any of my questions. They like come up with new answers to questions I didn't ask, but, um, I do have a Patreon. I am trying to figure out for those of you who want to do just a year subscription, um, or you can do monthly, uh, you get uh, the episode early every week. You get it one week early. So tomorrow is episode one Oh five. And tonight I am recording one Oh six. So it's been really weird for my OCD brain to kind of figure it out, but I think I'm doing it. It's like, it's like four weeks into doing this and I think it's got figured out, which is really great too. Cause I also don't remember what the hell I'm, I'm putting out there tomorrow. So I just label this and then I like, let it go. Um, you also get, uh, two bonus episodes. Uh, every month I talk about my sexual revolution and how I've gotten to where I am this next week, this next month, I am going to talk about my bisexuality some more and, why I have been so hesitant talking about it publicly. I didn't really realize until I had an experience a couple of weeks ago where I was like, oh, that's why. And if you want to hear that, that's going to be on this month's sexual revolution. And then I also have another bonus episode that I do with comedian Jeff May. Um, he's really funny. We have fun banter and we talk about literally everything. We, we learn, we talk, we fight a little, we laugh a bunch. It's really a lot of fun. Um, so if you become a Patreon subscriber, any level, you get both of those and the week early and then each tier you get more and more stuff. I don't know. Um, I'm not very good at uh, keeping on top of it, but I am trying to very hard that's not a word. It is a word, but it's not a word for this sentence. Um, so if you want to join Patreon, I would love it, love it, love it. If you're unable to, I totally get it. Um, but, and I just appreciate you listening to the show and showing up every week. I also have a book. I think if you've gotten this far in my podcast, you probably already know that, but if you want to buy it, it's at kimcrawl.com for a signed copy, or you can go to Amazon confessions of a recovering party girl. I am recording the audio right now. It's very tedious and apparently how do you guys listen to me every week like literally like I feel like I sound like I spit the whole like like it's like smacky 
the whole time. And so it's been very, it's very, been very tedious, but I will, uh, I'm hoping to get it very soon. I'm hoping to get it before I turn 40. And uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get a free download of that. Uh, follow me on everything. Um, oh, if you want to see that video, I'm going to post it tonight. Um, go. I mean, I, I, I just started doing reels of my cats, which is wild. Like I'll do a reel of myself and I'll get like a hundred views and I'll do my a reel of my cat. And within an hour, I get 4,000 views. Fucking wild. Fucking wild. A few of them, my favorite ones are only getting like 200 views, but the ones where they're literally just laying there, either licking each other or just staring at me. Uh, one Henry was watching me go to the bathroom and I made a reel of that him watching me go to the bathroom and I had a voiceover about it and it got like 4,000 views wild. The internet is wild. But anyway, if you want to follow that, you can, you can, if you want to see the video that got me so giddy at the beginning of this, I'm going to post it on his Instagram. Also my TikTok by the time, Oh Jesus, I just burped. By the time this airs, I will be at, I'll probably have like 15, 15 TikToks up. So if you have a TikTok, please follow me. Please support it. I'm trying to go viral, baby. Baby. Um, all right. I think that's it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for all your love, your support, listening to me every week, um, going on these, you know, roller coaster journeys. <laughs> I laugh really hard and I cry every episode. I don't know what that means, but I like it and I'm going to keep doing it. Um, and reach out to me if you have a poop scoop story. I have one locked and loaded. So if you send me one and you're like, hey, I have one, it's just because I wanted to reread your very nice email before I got on air and read it, uh, read the poop part. Uh, but send me an email, uh, kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. It means so much to me. And and if you are listening to Sirius and you happen to come across my, my, uh, my comedy, please take a picture and tag me in it. I would kill to see that. That's so dreams come true, man. They really do. I mean, I know all my dreams haven't come true just yet, but this feels like just such a big step in the right direction. It's just so fucking rad. I'm so grateful. Uh, I think that's it. Um, oh yeah. One last thing I wanted to mention, cause I I've been thinking about it a lot lately. It's a weird way to end the podcast. I know, but so the mask mandates have been lifted. Riddle me this. Okay. So the mask mandates have been lifted, right? So throughout the whole time of the mask mandates, the people that wore their mask under their nose, most people were like, they're assholes because they're trying to prove a point that like, I'll wear your stupid mask, but I'm not going to wear it right. And this whole time I'm like, I think some are being assholes, but I think most are just kind of stupid. And people are like, no, no, I think they're all being assholes. And I was like, I don't think so. I think more of a percentage is stupid. So now the mask mandate is lifted and there are people that still wear masks, which is fine. It depends on the scenario. Sometimes I'm wearing masks. Sometimes I'm not. It just depends on, you know, how I feel, where I'm at, whatever. Right. So not putting down people who wear masks, but there are still people who don't have to wear the mask, are wearing the mask and wearing it under their noses. I think I was right the whole time. I think the people who are doing that are just dumb and not in like a mean way. I'm not trying to be like, he's dumb, but I just mean like some people are just dumb and like, and you know, if you're going to be dumb, be nice at least, you know what I mean? But like, I have been watching this now for like, I think the mandate lifted like a month ago, maybe longer ago. And I've been watching it for the better part of a month and being like, yeah, this whole time I knew they were just dumb. I knew they weren't being assholes. I knew they weren't being jerks. I knew they were just dumb. I know that's a weird way to end it, but I have had it written down to talk about for like literally four weeks and now we got it off of our chests and, and also don't judge people if they still want to wear a mask. You have no idea why people are wearing masks. You have no idea. You know, I'm going to go back to one of my rules. If I'm worried about me and you're worried about me, 
who the fuck's worrying about you? You know what I mean? So if a guy's walking around wearing a mask, just like if a guy's walking around wearing a mask under his nose, none of my fucking business. None of my fucking business. You know what I mean? Like if I'm worried about him and he's worried about him, who's worrying about me? But I just wanted, I just felt like it needed to be said. I don't think a lot of those people were being dicks. I think a lot of those people were just kind of dumb. And, and you know, some not everyone's going to be super smart. Just like not everyone's going to be smart. Wait, <laughs> funny, pretty. You know what I mean? We all can't be everything. Some of us can be. Just kidding. All right. I love you all. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you're doing well. Be safe. And as always, be really kind. Be really fucking kind. Bye. Trust me, trust me.